Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today on Missionary Talks, I'm talking with Bethany Thompson. She's a missionary working in Brazil. Bethany, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got to Brazil? Well, it's a series of steps you know, that God used in my life. Uh, he's used Psalm chapter 37, uh, several verses in different times of my life. But uh, verse 31 says, The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. I'm very thankful for... Christian parents who had a love for missions. And as I was growing up, they'd often have missionaries stay in our home. And that had a big influence on my life. I also attended a church that had a deaf ministry, and I was blessed with the opportunity at seven years of age to start learning sign language. And shortly after that, I met a Brazilian missionary kid. She'd been adopted. She's deaf close to my age, and uh, God used that to plant some seeds in my heart about the needs of, for the deaf, specifically in Brazil. Then when I was 16, I attended a Christian camp, and it was just a couple weeks before uh, my home church had a missions conference. Uh, God used that camp service to uh, get a hold of my heart. I surrendered my life to him to do whatever he'd have me to do. You know, as a child, I'd wanted to be a missionary, but I hadn't really confirmed that into my teen years until this point. And shortly after, we had a missions conference, and I knew that God wanted me on the mission field. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the, the desires of thine heart. After I delighted in him, after I gave my, my life, surrendered my will to whatever he'd have me to do, he put that desire in my heart. Through different contacts in college and mission prayer band and writing letters to missionaries, God opened up the door for me to spend two months on a summer missions trip. And he used that just to confirm in my heart that he wanted me in Brazil. But the steps continue. You know, there's, there's many steps that God has used in the past to prepare me for what he has me doing now. And at the time, I didn't see it or understand, but uh, I'm thankful that we serve a God who does know what's to come. And through different experiences like that, uh, God prepared me in the area of Christian education. So then your ministry now is you're working with the deaf and in education? Correct. Tell us a little bit about what part of Brazil you're in. I'm not really familiar with Brazil, other than I know it's a large country. How, give us some information about Brazil and then what part of the country you're in. Brazil is uh, larger than the continental United States, and it's been called the land of contrast. Got the big cities. In the shadow of the high rises, you have the slums. And then in other areas, you have indigenous regions. Uh, so it's a very vast um, country. I am now in the state of Goiás. If you look for the capital of the country of Brazil, Brasilia, it's in the interior. Just a couple hours away is the capital city of Goiás, Goiânia. There's a population of 1.2 million. We have Walmart and McDonald's and Burger King and Pizza Hut. Uh, whereas if you go to other places in Brazil, um, there are people living in huts, they may have to travel by river. That's not the part of Brazil that I'm familiar with. For the most part, I've lived in big cities or a suburb of a big city. And how long have you been on the mission field? I arrived in October of 2001. 
I, you've been there long enough to get familiar with the foods and the customs. What uh, kind of foods do you have that would be surprising to the rest of us to hear about? The only thing that I think is probably a difficult custom is food or drink-wise is their coffee. Now, if you love coffee, uh, it's a good place to, to go on visitation. But uh, <laughs> the coffee here is very strong. And if you visit several homes in a row, you'll be up for a couple of hours. <laughs> a lot of caffeine. How difficult was Portuguese for you to learn? I found I found it a lot easier to learn than I did um, when I took Spanish class in college because when I started language school, I was surrounded by the language and uh, more motivated to learn it because it was a part of everyday life. You know, to go to the grocery store, I needed how to figure out how to ask for how many grams of sandwich meat or, you know, I, you learn it a lot faster when you're surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I'd like to say to missionaries who are prospective missionaries, you know, I know a lot of missionaries who went to language school for one year. And I know that a lot of people think that that's how long you're supposed to go to language school and then you're done. Well, that one year is just to give you a, the basics. A lot of people, after they've done that one year, they're done. And they get into their ministries and they get set in their bad language habits. And just like to encourage people that just because the year is over doesn't mean you have to stop learning. And uh, I decided, even though I graduated from language school after a year, I asked the teachers if I could stay on for six more months and had private lessons. And after I moved to Hibernon Preto, uh, I took Portuguese with the Brazilian seminary students in the Bible Institute to get more of the grammar. You know, my situation's a little different than some being that I'm involved in education, and my grammar is uh, more scrutinized than others may be. But uh, language, I think, is a lifetime learning process. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your work in education? What is it you're trying to accomplish there? Well, the steps that uh, God used to get me into Christian education are very much connected with deaf ministry. Um, you know, I I came to visit Brazil in 96. I visited a school for the deaf. And while I was there, I saw you know, the results of progressive education, even though it was a Christian school. I saw students that were having difficulty uh, in many areas and methods that weren't working. And teachers that didn't realize that those methods were based on, you know, the idea that man's basically good. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we're sinners and we need authority in our lives. It's not, shouldn't be a child-structured atmosphere. And God used that to show me that I needed more training. At that point, I thought that uh, maybe God was leading me into deaf education. Just because I had a burden for the deaf And I knew that there were a lot of deaf in Brazil that didn't have the language skills that they needed to understand the gospel. And, you know, Christian school is a a great means of reaching the deaf, as well as, you know, hearing children. At that point, I didn't know where Christian education in general was in Brazil. And uh, after my first year in the field, I went to visit the city where I ended up working for several years, Hibonon Preto, and they were having a teacher's clinic. And there was a lady giving a Becca methodology in that clinic, and she had done some work on the translation of a Becca books. And uh, she wasn't in good health, and she found out my background, having 
taught at PCA and gotten my uh, bachelor's and master's in education from Pensacola Christian College. And I ended up giving part of that clinic with a year of Portuguese behind me. That was a, a challenge. But God used that to open up my eyes as to where Christian, Christian education is in Brazil. You know, you go to any of the big cities and you're going to find uh, different denominational schools. You know, in, in our city, there's a Baptist school, there's a Methodist school, there's, you know, a whole list of, of different um, denominations. And they all have the secular textbooks and they have the secular training. I didn't realize before coming, living in Brazil that that's where Christian education is here. It's another slice in the pie of the different subjects. It's not the center of all subject matter. And that clinic really opened up my eyes. And I mean, one example of this, I was invited a few years back to give a teacher's clinic in another city. And uh, the pastor had his office door open and was listening. And I spend a lot of time when I give these teacher's clinics on evolution and how to recognize it in these secular textbooks, because that's all we have to offer in several of the grades. You know, the translation work hasn't been done yet. And explaining to the teachers how they should prepare the students to defend their faith, and why is this wrong, and what does the Bible say? This pastor came to me afterwards, and he said, I'd never, he, he told me he'd never heard that before, and where could he get material on it? And sadly, at that point, I knew of nothing that had been written in Portuguese. Now I know of a few sources, but... And that's an area that's really needed in Brazil. There are very few things that have been translated that are good, solid resources that believers can use. When I was giving that first teacher's clinic, I gave them a quiz just to see where everybody was at, with just basic questions on how many days did God make the world? Are those literal days? Is it possible they could mean anything other than literal days? I asked questions about dinosaurs cavemen, you know, just a whole list of things. And I didn't have anybody, anybody in this classroom of, there were probably 40 Christian educators there from three different schools that answered correctly. And they'd all been indoctrinated with evolution all their lives. And yes, they didn't believe we came from monkeys, but they didn't know what to do with the millions of years. They didn't know that, they'd never really thought about, oh, Caveman, that's an evolutionary idea. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And uh, there's uh, a lot of needs in the area of really grounding these people in biblical truth in a world that's full of ideologies and philosophies that are, are, are teaching uh, contrary concepts. So you went down there then to work specifically with the deaf in education, but uh, saw a great need in in just general education. So that's what you're doing in the education front. What are you uh, doing with the deaf then? Every uh, ministry that I've worked in in Brazil has had uh, some type of deaf outreach. The first church I was in when I was in language school, and I also helped out the, the five months that I was uh the transition period house-sitting for another missionary uh, was an all-deaf church, mm. and uh, that was just a blessing. The church I'm in now, they have a separate deaf congregation during some of the services, and then some of the services are interpreted. I love teaching, and seeing that light bulb go on when a child or an adult or a deaf person understands how to be saved. Deaf ministry is, an, is a needy area. Uh, in Brazil, a lot of deaf have never gone to school. 
or if they have, sometimes they've gone without an interpreter and haven't understood much or dropped out. And so you've got a lot of deaf that don't know the basics. You know, uh, I've talked to deaf who they don't know what the sign for God means. A lot of them don't, don't know the sign for sin, salvation. To them, you know, they, they know the sign. Well, those who know sign language, there's a lot of them who don't. They know the sign for saved, like if I'm drowning and pull me out of the water. But they, mm-hmm. they don't. They don't understand a lot of the basic concepts. And so right now, um, I help to interpret when needed. Uh, we have a lot of Brazilians uh, in the church who are involved and uh, interpret as well. Do a lot of counseling with the ladies and children. Visit the deaf in their homes, usually once a week, sometimes more, depending on you know, other ministry needs with the school. Help out with where needed with fellowships and different uh, outreaches for the deaf. I enjoy deaf ministry. It's part of my focus, but right now my main focus is Christian education. Do you have a testimony that you'd like to share with us? I was still in language school. I met a deaf girl at a bus stop, gave her a track, and she showed up at church. And I found out she lived really close. Started uh, visiting in her home. She seemed to know sign language, you know, and I... I first talked with her just on basic conversation level, she understood. Uh, but as far as spiritual signs, anything to do with God and the Bible, she'd never seen those signs before, for the most part. To her, Jesus was the image that she'd seen on the crucifix going by the Catholic Church. She didn't know who he was. She didn't know, know why he was on the cross. And uh, at that time, I was working um, in the deaf church, and there was a separate class for deaf who hadn't been saved yet, like a Sunday school class. And uh, the pastor used flannel graph to explain what is sin in the most simple way I'd ever seen it explained, using you know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and, and very simply he explained it. And uh, then he asked me to go to her house that week and t- teach the same lesson again to see what she understood. Well, I got to Elisechi's house, and her mother came over with a basket of fruit and offered me a piece of fruit. And Elisette, she got really embarrassed and um, tried to get her mother not to to show me the fruit. And uh, Uh I discovered that what she had understood from that lesson was that fruit, eating fruit, is sin. (laughs) We started um, weekly Bible studies. And by Bible studies, I mean, you know, she's very limited language. I'd use a wordless book, wordless book visualized, a Becca flashcard, any visual I could find that would help show a concept. One Way Track by Chick Tracks has a lot of good illustrations for people who don't know how to read. And we just went over basic concepts every week, and her vocabulary grew over a period of time. About 10 months after we'd been doing this, and she'd been coming to every service, and we'd been meeting once a week, she finally understood that she was a sinner and on her way to hell. And it was a very difficult day because she'd gotten that concept and she didn't want to go to hell. But she still had no understanding of what Christ's blood had to do with her salvation. And she wasn't ready yet. You know, any point all the way through that, she would have copied a prayer. But she, the understanding wasn't there. And after another month of working with her, she finally understood. And without any prompting, she knelt. And in her own words, she asked Christ to wash away her sinful heart with his blood and and uh, write her name in his book. You know, we we 
I'd shown her flashcards with the Lamb's Book of Life, and she understood that her name wasn't there before. And after she prayed, now there's the joy in her face was just a thrill to see. And the first thing she wanted to know was if God had an eraser, if her name was there forever. You could see that instant transformation. I'd given her several tracks, and she immediately wanted some. And she liked the one-way tracks because she could understand them. They weren't, uh, there weren't a lot of words in them. And she'd get on the subway, and she'd pass them out. So she started coming over to my house and stamping tracks. And I asked her about it, and I'm like, how do, you, how do you do it? And she said she just tapped people on the shoulder and smiled at them and pointed to the church address and gave them a track. You know, what a testimony a lot of hearing people don't have the courage to, to go up to strangers and, and present to them a, a track that explains the plan of salvation. And this deaf girl was this instant missionary. Well, a couple of weeks later, she showed up at my doorstep with another deaf lady and two boys. I later understood that they were her sons. This deaf lady had hardly any language at all. One of the boys was deaf, one of them was hearing. Uh, the deaf boy did have some language he'd picked up at school, but uh, she arrived at my door and she said, Antonia needs to learn how to get to heaven. We need to tell her. And invited them in, and the boys were very hungry, and uh, the, the mom was making motions to her stomach as well, and so I went to make some food. Well, Elizechi was too excited to wait for that, and so she asked if she could use my whiteboard, my dry erase board, and where my flashcards were, and yeah, Antonia wasn't at the point where she could understand, but to watch Elizechi repeat what she'd been taught was just a huge thrill. Three years later, and I'd already moved on to another city, but I got word that Antonia had been saved. Elizechi stayed on her, kept bringing her to church. Recently, I was back at that church for five months while I was helping some other missionaries on furlough, and um, she's still there, and she's brought several of the deaf to church. And uh, it's just, it's neat to see a life that's been transformed. Not only has she gotten language, but she's gotten the most important uh, gift of all. She knows for sure she's on her way to heaven. Well, it's been a joy talking with you, Bethany. As we, as we finish up here, is there anything else you'd like to add? Those of you who are in college right now, uh, I know it's a tendency for many college students to you got your eyes on the goal of what you want to do when you're finished with college, and a lot of times the goal is passing the test. But uh, you may be somewhere someday where you're the only one who's had the training that you received in that class. If you take notes accordingly, you'll be glad you glad you did one day. Another thing that would be good is to talk to the missionaries in the area where you're going to find out what the training needs are. What do you need to do to prepare now? Some of what I gained out of the missions trip was the needs as far as furthering my education, which is something that prior to that missions trip I'd never considered before. Uh, but God used that to show me that I did need some more training. It's good to, to find out what the needs are in the places where you're considering and prepare accordingly. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.